Our sermon series has been about the fruit of the Spirit, and we've gone through the list of fruit in uh, our key verse, which is Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, and self-control, gentleness and self-control. Now, you'll find those words vary in different translations, but the word we're looking at today is the one that in our uh, verse is called, I believe it's uh, gentleness, isn't it? Yes, gentleness. And the King James, I think, is kindness. It is a Greek word, uh, P-R-A-U-S. All you Greeks speak it now, praus. Okay, cool. And it's a word that can be translated as kindness, uh, gentleness, but we're going to use the word meekness, which is used in a number of translations, because I found an interesting thing about this word. There are only seven times that it's used in the New Testament, and there's a consistency about the way that word is used that I'd like to share with you. We're going to look at these seven passages. And we're going to begin with the one that uh, is probably most familiar to you, to us. And uh, you'll notice that there's a kind of a tension the way the word meek is used. It's used in context with something that seems to be the opposite. So we find it in the Beatitudes, beginning with Matthew 5, uh, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, that's our word, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. So the meek are listed among a bunch of other loser people. (laughs) The poor in spirit, uh, people who hunger and thirst after righteousness, while the hunger and thirst part speaks of a dire need. And uh, those people who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, who are wrongly suffering. Well, all of these people are given a a prognosis of success. So you you think that the result of uh, meekness is that you're going to be a loser. That's that's what meekness means. If you don't fight for your rights, who's going to help you? Uh, meekness uh, makes you a that, that kind of loser. But Jesus said all these people turn out to be winners. The meek, for instance, inherit the earth. They don't seem to fit in the world in which they exist, but they inherit the earth. That is their destiny. So these seven verses with meekness include as the first verse Matthew 5 5 and here we have 
a description of what we might call meek success or the success of meekness. And then the second scripture is found in Matthew 11, 28, 29, where in another familiar passage, come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me for I am gentle. That's our word. That's the same word praus for meek. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus here takes this word on for himself as an example. And he talks about people who are weary, carrying heavy burdens. He talks about people who, uh, are, uh, who are, have a yoke on them. So I like to think of this as our, uh, our role in life, maybe our career or our work, our labor. Uh, and, and that which we do, and it seems that those who do it the best, uh, who, who meet the deadlines, who, who accomplish everything they're told to do and who out-compete everybody else are going to be best at it. But here, Jesus says, even in your laboring, it's blessed to be meek. So this, uh, this verse talks about a meek laboring. We had meek success, now we have meek laboring. And the third verse is James 1, 19 to 21. You must understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters, for everyone, let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For human anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourself of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness. Wow. And welcome with meekness, the implanted word that has power to save your souls. Now, I've heard this used as a proof text of being open to God's word in the Bible. And uh, I've I've heard, um, but I think it goes deeper. He talks about the implanted word. But however God speaks to us, and we're sure it's a word from God, let's say, just talk about reception of the Bible. And now that we understand it, what God is saying in the Bible, we're sure, and everybody else is wrong. So we come on like gangbusters, and we use our Bible club on them. But he says, do this with meekness. Do this with meekness. So I listed this as the fourth word, and uh, here we have meekness associated with the word of God. When you, uh, you when you you honor the word of God, not by uh, uh, proclaiming it from the mountaintops, but you do so with meekness. You do so by quietly living it. So that's the fourth use of this word. The fifth use is in James three thirteen through 18. Who is wise and knowledgeable among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with Gentleness, now that's our word meekness, the same word. And uh, this gentleness is born of wisdom. They contrast this with uh, selfish arrogance and so forth. But verse 15, this is not wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and devilish. That is the wisdom that makes us lord it over other people. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, 
that's a different word than our word pros, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits without a trace of partiality. So now we have a, a verse that that's, uh, talks about wisdom and how we use wisdom in, in our life. And I'll tell you, man, with the exception of Juanita and Peggy, I got more wisdom than anybody because I've, I've been around here longer. So you guys better listen to me. But here he talks about wisdom, meek, wisdom born of meekness or the association between wisdom and meekness. So the wiser you get, ironically, this is true, the more you realize you don't have a right to tell everybody else what's wise and what's true. So we're going to put James 13 down on our list of verses and call this meek wisdom. Okay? So you've got meek success, meek laboring, meek leadership, the meek word of God, and meek wisdom. And now in 1 Peter 3, uh, and I'm taking the end of verse 15 and the beginning of verse 16, Always be. This is a proof text that is used for witnessing. This is this is an encouragement to be a witness. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you, accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness, meekness. That's our word, and respect. So witnessing to people is not going at them with an aggressiveness, a sword, you got to believe this, but it's done with meekness. So we hear this word again, and it's used in connection with witnessing. That's our sixth use of the word, and the seventh will probably get at least 50% of you angry. The seventh time this word occurs in the New Testament is in 1 Peter 3, 1 through 4, in which Peter mansplains this way. <laughs> Wives, in the same way, be subject to your husband, so that even if some of you do not obey the word, they may be won over without a word by their wives' conduct when they uh, see the purity and respect of your conduct. Do not adorn yourselves outwardly with, by braiding your hair and by wearing gold ornaments or fine clothing. Rather, let your adornment be the inner self with the lasting beauty of a Meek, that's the word there. It's gentle in this translation, but that's our word. The beauty of a meek and quiet spirit. Oh, all you ladies, you can learn so much. So meekness here is, is described by Peter as a positive quality for women at his time in his culture. But to call a man meek would be an insult. Isn't that interesting? Because there's something about meekness which, to Peter, as he wrote this, seems to speak of femininity. Well, we kind of have to learn to embrace that. And so the word I put here for this seventh use was meek masculinity. Now, that reminds me of a book that was given to me by my friend Mike Hale. His wife made him read it because it is, it is entitled Jesus and John Wayne. And it's about how 
the modern evangelical church has made Christianity into a muscular John Wayne thing, okay? And this um, uh, it, theme she finds, it's very interesting to follow it. She's a woman, uh, interestingly, a rather meek woman, but she's a PhD doctor at Calvin University, a conservative Christian college. So her book has created quite a, a, a stir, and uh, it's so well documented, you've got to take it seriously. But how beginning, she begins back in the 19th century in the building sense of Jesus, and then the next picture we have is what Jesus uh, might look like. Uh, Jesus as John Wayne. And uh, you know what that made me think of, oddly? Jimmy Carter. Because Jimmy Carter's now in the news because of his health condition. Just turned 98 years old. Um, he's battling recurring cancer. It's gone to his brain. And so he has just recently asked not to be treated anymore. So he's being cared for um, in a hospice care at his home. We don't know how long he'll last. I checked this morning. He seems to be doing pretty well, but somewhere in the next few weeks, probably, we'll hear about his passing. So reviewing his life for you young folk who don't even know who this person is. It came, he came right after Nixon and the Watergate fiasco, and he defeated Ford in the next election. He came from nowhere. Who was this a peanut farmer from Georgia, and and when when I thir I thought of I looked at that picture and I said that man looks meek. Okay, he has that kind of shy smile, that sheepish look, and it turned out to be a winning formula at that time. But when 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 I tried to to validate this, I put in the computer I put uh, Jimmy Carter meek. And here's what I got. Three fairly recent articles from ever since 2015. The first one was an article entitled, The Meek Shall Inherit the Earth. And it's all a review of Jimmy Carter's life. His presidency, yes, but the 40 years since his presidency. And uh, this article quoted, uh, of course, his presidency was one term, and he went down in flames because along came Ronald Reagan and uh, Carter uh, was lost in a landslide. Loser, right? This article says, meekness like humility, this is a secular writer, meekness like humility seems nonsensical and opposite to popular measures of success. Wealth, fame, power, strength, charisma. Second article I found was entitled, Jimmy Carter's Humble Walk with God. This talks about his evangelical Christian faith, about how he, and it's actually written by, in a, uh, a Catholic uh, 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 magazine, uh, but noting his Southern Baptist Sunday school roots and how honest he was about his own life and sin and salvation and so forth, which was really strange, coming from a president, but he was a meek president. Because the third article I found, <laughs> okay, here it is. 
when the President of the United States was attacked by a killer rabbit. Do you guys remember that? So in the middle of his presidency, in the year 1979, um, things were really going bad. The, the economy was out of control. People were waiting in gas lines. He, of course, was being blamed for it, like presidents are, always are. His popularity ratings were going down, sliding fast. And then came the Iran hostage uh, crisis, and he looked weak in that crisis. And that was the background for the loss of the election. In the spring of that year, he took a vacation back home in Georgia. He went on a little fishing trip in one of his favorite spots. And, of course, there were a bunch of secret service hiding behind trees all around him. And um, one of them took this picture, uh, which we're going to see here. i got to explain it to you. That's him in the boat. And over on the right, that white thing in the water, if you get closer, you can see it's a rabbit. A rabbit. And he, the rabbit came flying toward the boat, and the witnesses said Carter chased him away with an oar. And this is the story about the killer rabbit. Monty Python had, five years before, had done their movie about a killer rabbit. So anyway, it turns out the rabbit was being traced by hounds. So it was a very innocent thing. And who knew rabbits swim? But that became a big joke around Jimmy Carter. Uh, I, I was reading this. Suddenly, the story was the subject of late-night talk shows, gossip magazines, and much fanfare. In the eyes of the pub public, the killer rabbit incident was yet more proof that Carter was meek, weak, wimpy, and what followed was an onslaught of sensational chatter and mockery from the tabloids. Reagan came on, and he was like John Wayne, when he, the way he came across. And he pulled it off. But after his presidency, Jimmy Carter kind of went dark for a while. But for the next 40 years, 40 years, he was a president for four years. For 40 years, he quietly worked on behalf of poor people, Habitat for Humanity, a peace negotiator in many countries of the world, he had the Carter Center to work on human rights issues and health issues. A number of, of uh, diseases were uh, resolved through that. He wrote 21 books. He got the Presidential Medal of Honor and the Nobel Peace Prize. Okay. Turns out that meekness is lousy politics in America. But it's really good humanity. Because we honor that part of Jimmy Carter's life. And I, I, we, we can think about this as his last days come. Even his acquiescence to hospice care is to me an act of meekness, but not weakness. It's a strong affirmation of his faith. It wasn't when he was elected president, his moment of glory, that this meek man inherited the earth. It was after in all the ways in which he conquered poverty and human suffering, in which he proved his Christian faith in life. And that meekness is the kind that will inherit the earth. But the question came to me is, 
I know it will inherit the earth, but does that meekness dwell in me? Does that meekness dwell in you? Or am I all up ready to fight for everything? God is all up ready to fight for you if you submit in meekness to him. Let's bow in prayer. Lord, we are humbled by your humility. Our eyes are lifted by the way your eyes look down to us. Help us in this moment to focus on the value of meekness in our lives and relationships and our reflection of Christ in us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue at the Lord's table. And in preparation for that, I I invite you to uh, enter meditation with some familiar tunes from Mike Hale, a good friend of ours. Thou first loved me, 
You carried my burdens to Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. And if ever I love thee, Jesus, tis now. I'll love thee in life, and I will love thee in death. And I'll praise thee as long as thou lendeth me breath. Say when the death dew lies cold on my brow. If ever I love thee,